the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's a piece I hope you'll enjoy from my friend, Dennis Prager. Reading to you from a major piece in the in City Journal on loneliness in America and in the West and in Japan. Four in ten American children are now born to unmarried, so that's eight in 20. It was 1 in 20 in 1960. Gee, what's changed since 1960? That's the theme of my column today in asking why there are more shootings. In the 1950s, there was one, O-N-E, one mass shooting. It skyrocketed compared to that in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, etc., what changed since the 1960s, my friends? Why so many? Why so many more children born without the mother married to the child's father? Why so many more sh- sh- shootings? I was going to say school shootings, but shootings in general. In Germany, nearly a quarter of women end up childless. Nearly a quarter of the women of German women never have a child. I'm trying to have you assimilate these data. The U.S. number might more resemble the German figure if it weren't for our high levels of immigration, most of it from poor countries that haven't yet embraced the change in attitudes. In 2015, in six U.S. states, more than 30% of births were to foreign-born women. And those are populated states. This is We're not talking Wyoming. So it's a lot of foreign-born women having children to replenish our stock. In widely quoted research published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, the research uncovered a recent surge in the number of kinless, no kin, no family, older adults, A jump in the number of never married and divorced adults is also part of the kinlessness story. The younger the child at the time of the breakup, the less likely it is that fathers will continue to be involved. Isn't that interesting? Parents divorce when the kid is is two. The father is less likely to be involved in the child's life. See, I would like to know the answer to that question. Why is that? Is it the father's desire or is he kicked out? So many, I mean, this is totally anecdotal. I acknowledge that at the outset. But so many people have told me through email, personal life, and on the air that after a divorce, 
the courts allowed the mother to take the child across the country because she got a job somewhere else. Is that a factor? Am I just hearing anecdotes that are exceptions? Waiting till the kids have moved out, as the gray divorced boomlet suggests that lots of couples are doing, is not as strong protection from kin deficit as one might expect. Gray divorce damages parents' relationships with their adult children, too. That's a painful thing to read. I know a couple going through that right now. The authors don't mention cohabitation, but it is a key ingredient in the rise of kinlessness. This is very interesting. The number of young people who I I speak to who are living with someone, you plan to marry? No, what, what for? Cohabiting couples break up faster and more often than marrieds. Separated, cohabiting fathers are more likely to withdraw from their kids' lives than previously married and divorced dads. Get that? You are a couple that is not married. You have a child. You then break up. He is less likely to be involved in that child's life than had he broken up having been married. The reason people are not getting married but living together is there is no wisdom in the society any longer. So the the next generation has decided that we will decide what is important. Why should we let people who lived before us decide what is important? Everybody who believed in marriage as opposed to cohabiting, they were just wrong. Maybe they were right for themselves. I'm tolerant of their superstitions or foolishness or whatever. But that's what the young people say. Nice people. We don't need wisdom from the past. That is what has happened. That is, I think, the easiest and and the single biggest explanation This has been an anti-wisdom culture. What do we learn from the past? We're going to learn from the slave owners who started this country? Are we going to learn from the the superstition-based Bible? That's what they think. From Shakespeare, a dead white European male, we're going to learn from him? So a, a whole generation has been raised to believe they will invent the wheel. And their wheel is, why get married? We can live together. But the data suggests that it may not be a great idea. Cohabiting and singles, single parents also have looser ties to their own parents and friends than married. According to the 2018 Cigna studies, single parents are about the loneliness, loneliest of Americans. I want to read the previous sentence again. Cohabiting and single parents have looser ties to their own parents and friends than married. Does that comport with uh, your experience? I think it makes sense. I think if you are more likely 
to have a bond with your son's wife, your daughter-in-law, than your son's girlfriend. You may, you may think she's a wonderful person. It has nothing to do with whether you're a nice person. None of this does. You're like, more likely to be bonded to your daughter's husband, your son-in-law, than your daughter's boyfriend. I can only tell you that it makes a big difference to, to a lot of people. To Obviously, there are people to whom it doesn't make any difference, and I, I acknowledge that. But I would feel that there would be a bond to a daughter-in-law for me. I have two sons that might not be as strong, even if I thought the person was wonderful. It's not a reflection on the girl or the woman. It's a reflection on that she's married, whether she's married to my son or she's living with my son. And I'm talking morality or religion, just human bonds. My daughter-in-law is a different term than my son's girlfriend. And the same for the parents of a girl, of a woman. My son-in-law is different from my daughter's boyfriend. Likewise, I believe for individuals, my wife has considerably more weight and bondedness. Divorce, of course, exists. But nevertheless, they don't break up as readily as people who cohabit for obvious reasons. And saying my wife is very different from my girlfriend or my partner. Cohabiting couples, even those with children, don't have the same support from extended family as married couples with children. Marriage creates kin. Cohabitation does not. Whoa. How many? I I hadn't thought of that. Makes sense to me. Cohabiting couples, even those with children, don't have the same support from extended family as married couples with children. Make sense to you? Then Japan, for a fuller for a fuller picture of the brave new kinless world, consider Japan a country now in the throes of an epidemic of kodokushi, roughly translated as lonely deaths. Local Japanese papers regularly publish stories about kinless elderly whose deaths go unnoticed until the telltale smell of maggot-eaten flesh alerts neighbors. Such deaths are common enough that Japanese entrepreneurs have created an industry of cleaning companies for dealing with their after effects. A record number of young people are foregoing marriage just as they are in the United States. This is still about Japan. But unlike other post-transition countries, Japan is not replacing marriage with non-conventional family arrangements. And then she puts this in parentheses. Oddly, even sex appears to be losing its appeal 
for young Japanese men and women. Seems to argue for certain traditions from the past that are worth keeping, doesn't it? That, I read about that. You know what? That's the country that has made sex dolls the uh, the industry that it is. I, when I have read about it and seen it on the internet, my only reaction was depression. The piece by Kay Heimowitz, City Journal, it is up. It's called Alone. The loneliness thing, by the way, I mean, they say, I I got to tell you, I can't affirm this. They say that loneliness kills as much as smoking, cigarettes, and obesity. So my question is always, so if you have no loneliness and you smoke... <laughs> <laughs> Do they cancel each other out? This is my son's girlfriend is not the same as this is my daughter-in-law. But this generation has been raised by people who crap on the past. Get it? As I as I wrote, I wrote a piece on why does the left mock the Bible? They mock it. Mock is actually much, much more serious a burial than disagreement. Nothing I write, nothing we produce at PragerU gets as much ridicule as anything defending God and religion. That's that's the biggest target for the left. You know why? Because, well, there are many reasons, and I wrote, I wrote the piece on, on why. But one of them is it implies that there is wisdom from the past that is greater than what they will come up with. The whole thing revolves around wisdom. I'm talking about Japan now. The country's fertility rate is about the lowest in the world. And despite Prime Minister Shinzo Abe's support for parental leave, tax incentives, and various other measures designed to increase births, there is no sign of public enthusiasm for marriage and baby-making. The, the general concept of family in Japan has fallen apart, as Masaki Ichinose of the Center for Life and Death Studies at the University of Tokyo told the Washington Post. The general concept of family in Japan has fallen apart. You know how many times I have argued that we, we need God and the Bible, etc., for society, and then people say, oh, look at Japan. No, the, look at the low crime rate in Japan, which is true. The low crime rate in Japan is largely because Japan is completely, uh, what is the, the opposite of uh, of heterogeneous, monogeneous? <laughs> it, it is where almost any place, North Dakota, has, has as low a crime rate essentially as Japan. Diversity is only a blessing if the diverse peoples affirm the same values. But the left, while pushing diversity, has has destroyed the commonality of the American ideal. So then you have a big danger. You have diversity with ethnic and, and racial, etc., 
and cultural diversity without unanimity of values. doesn't mean they have to agree on everything. The founders differed with one another. But on basics, the Japan story is very, very scary. The line about the young people and sex was extraordinary. 72% of black children are born to unmarried mothers. Yet, if you point that out, you're a racist. That's what the left, they don't argue. as They mock and they libel. An oncologist of my acquaintance working at an inner city hospital tells me that he sees a remarkable number of black men arriving at the clinic for treatment by themselves. If they get hospitalized, visitors are sparse. As they near death, still no one comes. You could cry. But uh, nobody wants to point this stuff out. Homogeneous, that's the word I was looking for. Guess who helped me out on that one? My secret weapon. My girlfriend. Yeah. We cohabit. We're also married. A just-published study by demographer John Iceland concludes that differences in family structure are the most significant variable in explaining the black-white affluence gap. In fact, its importance has grown over time relative to other explanations, including discrimination. But nobody wants to, well, not, not nobody, obviously she does, I do. Nobody on the left wants to acknowledge this. The gap is owing to discrimination and racism, not family structure. Opioids are now the leading cause of death for people under 50. A majority of them are unmarried or divorced men. Isn't that interesting? It's another piece of data that I didn't know. Though only a third of the population, that group of adults accounts for a stunning 71% of opioid deaths. Unmarried and divorced men. Not good for man to be alone, you see? There's wisdom in that book. That's why that's why I, I'm writing over these years, over decades, this commentary on the Bible. Because if you if you live by that wisdom, you can avoid a lot of these problems. Can it be a coincidence that the drug dominating today's headlines provokes a similar response in the brain as the hormone oxytocin does? Oxytocin, sometimes called the love hormone, occurs naturally at moments of intense love and connection during childbirth, breastfeeding, and orgasm. Opioids, Andrew Sullivan wrote in a powerful essay on the epidemic in New York, have given the lonely a, quote, shortcut and an instant intensification of this happiness they might ordinarily experience in a good and fruitful communal life. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. 
If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.